It's time for another good idea, bad idea. Good idea. Visiting picturesque McLean, Virginia. Bad idea. Visiting picturesque McLean, Stevenson. You know, usually when I start the show, I have like a, I'll do like a dumb bit or like a weird joke or something mm -hmm. and Bethel just sort of come in and shit on me for it. Uh huh. And it's, it's legitimately strange to not have her here and <laughs> just be like, you know, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, like, I was gonna sing the Animaniacs theme, but like have it be lyrics about our show. But then I was like, but, but Beth won't make fun of me for it. So what is even the point? It's time to record a <laughs> podcast. It's time to make a pod. And da -da 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 -da. it's time to Dead pet this furry black cat who's now pulling the cord. <laughs> Kima, stop. It's, we're not even a minute in and it's already gone sideways without <laughs> Beth being here. Hi, everybody. It's, every, it's all being ruined. <laughs> Beth, you need to come back. It's all going to hell in a handbasket without you. Um, and this particular hell is I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host, uh, Brandon Beck. Um, as you can tell, our co-host, uh, Beth Scorzato, is not here. She is now halfway. Uh, she She's south of the border, according to her Instagram um, account. Having some fun. Apparently. <laughs> she did She did show a picture of shot glasses. Yes, yes. So. She... she um, she is driving with her mom down to Florida right now, and they stopped it south Jesus. of the border. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, <laughs> no, just any road trip with a oh, mom. Oh, yeah. Oh, Who yeah. Cares? It's, it's, Who cares how strong and great the relationship oh, yeah. is? It's, it's, it's like the Gilmore girls could go on a 20-hour car ride and would just want to murder each other yeah, by the eventually. end of it. Which I think was what was supposed to happen in the last season before... Uh, <laughs> I didn't see it. Before What's-Her-Name got fired. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know nothing of of Gilmore Girls. Amy Sherman Palanquin or or Amy Sherman Paladino. Um, so she, she's she was texting uh, both of us, I guess, from south of the border. Yeah. Which is this amazingly racist rest stop between? It's either between the Carolinas or between South Carolina and Georgia. I don't remember. Um, and she sent me a video of a shelf of south of the border shot yeah, glasses. That's, yeah, that's what I saw too. Um. What I didn't realize is at one point she stopped and goes back about two shot glasses. There's one that's labeled Six Flags Over Georgia with the same font, the same design as all of the other ones. And I was like, buy that one, please. But for, for the love of God, buy that one. But she was already gone. Why? Why buy Six Flags Over Georgia? Just because I think it would be hilarious to buy Just the wrong tourist she? shot glass from a place. <laughs> it's like when I was at the... Uh, the borders in Charlotte for the release of the last Harry Potter book. Uh -huh. it, the line wrapped around the store. I, everyone had a copy of the seventh book. I roll up to the cash register with a copy of the sixth book and a Ben Folds five album. And the guy was like, um, you, you, you know, the new, I'm like, yeah, no, I've just haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> and he was like, what? 
did you did you eventually buy the seventh book? Eventually, yeah. Okay, I'm like, did you just get the sixth book? And you're like, nah, screw it. Yeah, I was like, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll just, pick it up later. I'll just stop here. I, I gotta I gotta finish this one first. I don't need to read Deathly Hollows. It's eh, all good. It's it, uh, some magic shit will happen. Dumbledore will do some stuff. Oh my God, if you ended with Half Blood Prince and then just <laughs> did not finish the series, wow, that would be bleak. You'd be so confused. Wow. You'd be like, man, why does everybody think this is such an uplifting tale? Yeah, like the final image is a phoenix flying away. Oh God. God. Bye, folks. <laughs> um. So our guest today is a uh, actor, friend of the show. Uh, 1930s movie star, somehow alive today, <laughs> Libby Letlow. Libby, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am well. We've uh, we've wanted to get you on the show for a good little while now. I know. Um, you're you're one of Beth's closest friends, so I think it, it's fitting that you're here when she's not. I know. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way my schedule is so stupid and just oh, the yeah. way that it all worked out. I'm in the middle of moving, Ugh. moving. Nobody likes to move, right? No. I'm very excited about the move, but the process of the move is tedious yep. and agonizing and overwhelming, and I hate it. Yep. Um. So, yeah, just this happened to be the night that I was free. And Beth isn't here. Yeah, she's... This uh, month is just crazy for her, though. Oh, yeah. She's gone for, like, two-thirds yeah. of the month, maybe. But I did switch my birthday party date, and she is now... You guys are now coming. Oh, really? I did. Okay. Tell she, me off mic when and where. <laughs> I will. Because I don't you, want you, one of our 20 you, listeners to crash it. You have the Facebook invite. Oh, I'm I sure I do. I'm sure I do. Um... <laughs> How dare you, Brandon? I know. How uh, dare you not know <laughs> off the top of your head? I know. I'm such a monster. Um, ha- since I've started playing the drums, I've just become a creature of like a yeah, physical creature. I, seeing, I can't. I don't think anymore. I've been seeing all of your drumming posts and uh, unboxing your drum kit. Yeah. Um, my my lovely, wonderful wife, because she is amazing and gets me more than anybody else, uh, got me an electric drum kit for christmas which is super cool it's a pretty sweet setup although it does remind me of the drum kit from rock band it it 100 (laughs) percent looks like a rock band kit um way cooler it's got like it's got like hi-hats yeah it's it's really neat and pedals for the bass like that's that's a pretty sweet setup um i was i was up until well after five last night this morning uh mean? this morning yeah when i was getting up mm-hmm. i was waking up in the uh morning. working on reggae beats and <laughs> doing oh god how can i put this another activity that's often included with reggae music i don't know what you're talking no about. idea um but it, let's just say uh, my limbs were moving just fine um <laughs> But I just, I just, I don't think Beth has really realized what she's gotten herself into. Beth, you've created Quite. a monster. Yeah. Between that and like the MIDI keyboard I bought, like it's, I, 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 I wish, I hope she's going to be able to get some sleep, but I, I make no guarantees once she gets back. Um, so before we get started with yes. our, uh, the, our, yes. our, our, our Steven Spielberg produced topic of the day, um, Libby, what are you into this week? This week, um, so I finished season two of The Crown, okay, which was phenomenal, and my boyfriend and I are trying to get through the screeners that we just got. Oh, jealous. So we just watched The Shape of Water last night, which was amazing. It's so fucking horny, right? It's it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty sexy movie. Like, it's maybe the horniest movie I've ever seen. 
Like it's a pretty yeah. Everybody's really thirsty in that movie. Everyone's thirsty and like because of water. Yeah. <laughs> did you get it? I did. I did. Okay. Oh, I did. Um. Everybody's thirsty, but even all of the production design choices are the most like horny choices you could make, you like color wise and wardrobe wise. That is green a? Oh, I guess green. Remember the green M and M's when you were a kid? Like everybody's like green M and M's mean you're horny. Uh, I didn't know that, but the green. Oh, one... you're also you're a lot younger than well, me, and I forget. Well, the green one's the one that's like a sexy lady right it is she is now yes now the green one when they've animated them the green one is the sexy lady but back in the 90s okay there was like this weird this weird like i don't know can you call it a trope it was this idea that if you liked green m&ms okay i don't know they all taste the same although i i do have a theory that the green ones are slightly sweeter it meant that you were horny the green green m&ms meant you were horny or something i've it was a weird thing. Did like Can anybody confirm or deny this rumor? Yeah. Please let us know. That seems like some weird like playground hearsay. Um do, do brown ones mean you're you're into butt stuff? Or <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, anyway, um, so before we got distracted by we're, horny we're M&Ms. Getting, by horny horny M&Ms. <laughs> we're getting through so we're getting through screeners this week, but in the interim Yes. Um, we are making our way. He is is starting from the very beginning, watching every Simpsons episode. Oh, because I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and he has a hard time keeping up with my Simpsons quotes. Yes. He, Beth is the same way. He does pretty well most of the time. He, sure, he, he's like A minus, B plus, A minus. He's he's there, but every once in a while, I'll throw out a really obscure one. Yeah. Um. So he's doing that, and then we're also watching fourth time for me, first time for him. The complete series of Six Feet Under. Thanks, Alan Ball. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> God, Six Feet Under is really incredible. It is such a good series. It's it's one of the best written series I think ever. Oh, absolutely. It it felt. I I did you watch it when it aired? I did not watch it when it aired. I okay. didn't watch it until two thousand and nine. Okay. I I watched it. My like last semester of high school mm-hmm. when like all of my friends had graduated or weren't speaking to me anymore. Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great to, uh, to watch, to watch that at that point. Um, but yeah, that's, sh- that show, it felt like reading a novel. Like it's that dense. The yeah. characters are, there are definitely times on the show when it goes off the rails mm-hmm. just a little bit, but we haven't gotten to that point yet. I think we're on episode eight okay i think we're on episode eight right now that was I, i'm i'm assuming you're talking about the stuff with uh rain wilson towards the end there yeah rain wilson <laughs> it gets also, a little silly but also um stuff with the character lisa i don't want to get see i don't want to give too much away because if if uh if walt listens to this well i don't want to i don't want to talk about it too much well just do earmuffs for the next few minutes <laughs> um yeah, no, like stuff with Lisa. She's she's Peter Krause's wife towards the end, right? Okay. Well, n- not even towards the like in the middle of in the, the yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, in the middle. In the middle of the series. It's like the hippie lady, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um from Seattle. Right. Yes. Yeah, 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 that would be her. So her storyline gets a little it gets a little strange. Um yeah. Later on. So, yeah. But we're like I said, we haven't got we're we're in season 1 still, episode seven or eight okay so you're in where there were still jokes <laughs> i think yes there are okay. still some jokes 
There are still some jokes. Speaking of Shape of Water, Peter Jenkins plays Uh, Nathaniel Fisher, the father. Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Thank you. Richard Jenkins. Thank you. Who is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Just so good. I think that was his introduction to a lot of people or a lot of people's introduction to him. It's so funny because it wasn't for me. His introduction to me was a minuscule role of the psychiatrist in There's Something About Mary. You know, I've never seen that. <gasps> You've never seen a Family Brothers movie? I, oh, my God. You know, I, I think I can kind of take or leave the Fairleys. I understand. But there's something about Mary is by far some of their best work ever. I've, I've heard it's I've heard it's amazing. Just for whatever reason, when it came out, I missed it and then was just like. Wait, you don't like hmm. Kingpin? Uh, oh, Kingpin's great. Yeah. Kingpin's good. Dumb and Dumber's good. But the well, rest th- of them can get a little like dodgy. Those are the big three. Yeah. For me, those are the big three. The rest of them, I could take them or leave them. But like Dumb and Dumber kingpin and there's something about mary that was like their golden oh yeah their golden era that like three or four year chunk of the 90s they were they were killing it and speaking of the 90s yes Um, (laughs) the early 90s (laughs) um before actually before we get to that um my thing my thing for the week is uh i've been rewatching aqua teen hunger force um knew a guy yeah i did a short um, film festival thingy with a guy named Dana. Okay. Who does the voice on oh, that show. Oh, uh, Dana Snyder. Yep. That dude is hilarious. He's very, very funny. That dude is super funny. I, I'm really enjoying Aqua Teen. Um, I don't, I don't know how much of it is nostalgia. Like I don't. Yeah. Because like, I'm not laughing all that much. I'm enjoying them. Like they're, re- they're still really fun. And they hold up way better than I was expecting them to. Sometimes it's just comfort food to like oh, go back to the things that, that we know and love. Absolutely. And- um, it's a little more... There's a lot more gay panic humor than I remember <laughs> oh there gosh. being. Ooh, Ooh. Talk about problematic. Yeah. And it, it's a little more sexist than I think it realizes it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it was still, what, what was it, early 2000s? Yeah. Mid 2000s? It was, it was that first run of Adult Swim shows yeah. with like C-Lab and the Brack Show. It was still to figure out what it wanted to be when it grew up. Yeah. Um, but like they're, they're, they're still fun. They're still, they still have that like, like reckless creativity mm-hmm. that a lot of those early adult swim shows had of just like fuck it we're gonna do whatever we're gonna get weird it doesn't literally nothing about this matters <laughs> so like let's let's do a weird crossover with another show or let's like kill all the characters at the end or something like that it reminds me of like old Ren and Stimpy episodes oh totally back when it was so good and strange and gross just disgusting <laughs> you peed on the electric fence huh <laughs> um god that was on the, the electric, electric fence, fence. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so now maybe let's move on to a bit more of a family-friendly cartoon. Uh, family-friendly, I mean, it, it is, but True. there are some adult jokes in there. Uh, remind me later, it, Animaniacs has maybe one of the filthiest jokes yep. I've... The filthiest. I think we're thinking of the same yes, one, too. Are. Yeah, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. So yes, Steven Spielberg presents Steven Spielberg's Animaniacs. Animaniacs. Um, bizarre. So, uh, what is, what is your... Sort of 30-second elevator pitch on why the Animaniacs are the best. So, for me, the Animaniacs showed up in my life when I was in junior high. Okay. So, I was in junior high between 1992 and 1994. Okay. Not middle school, just two years, seventh and eighth grade. And the Animaniacs, it, it came on right after Tiny Toons. Sure. Which I enjoyed, 
But I feel like the Animaniacs just, they presented these new characters that you'd never seen before. Yeah. It was just a little bit wackier. So many crazy voices. And it was the first time in my life where I realized that I could entertain my friends by doing weird voices. Because I was basically just doing Animaniacs impressions sure. all the time. And and regurgitating jokes that I had heard on TV the day before. Why is Libby saying hello, nurse, over and over <laughs> and over again? Um, but also with Animaniacs, they had all of the great original songs. Oh, yeah. And it was educational sometimes, but then also incredibly stupid and strange. And you had a character who spoke like he was from Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, it was just so... It, it was just so new and fresh at the time, and I was in love with it. And it was at the time in my life that my uh, funny bone was being shaped. My sense sure. of humor was being shaped by what I was watching. So basically, for me, I always say the three things that are responsible for my sense of humor are Seinfeld, The Kids in the Hall, and Animaniacs. I tol- I 100% see that. Those are the, the big three. 100%. It's, it's, it's kind of a good feeling to figure out the, like genome of where yeah, you're at exactly. as an adult like how did how did i become this thing yeah why am i, why am I like this well let me tell <laughs> you what like exactly you see those memes all the time why am i like this well i know exactly why i'm like this and part of it is because of animaniacs i'd say at least 33.3 percent why are you like this pinky mm-hmm. um all of the like side characters were really good too yeah we can get into that a little them. a little later um so if you Hmm. <laughs> if somebody wasn't familiar with Animaniacs, yeah, yeah, how, how would, would I describe it? Yeah, I was going to say, how would you, how would you describe Because like, it's one of those shows where I feel like everyone knows what the Animaniacs are, but I but feel like that's don't. wildly not the but case. they don't know. Yeah. So basically, I, I describe it as an animated sketch comedy show. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. the sketches aren't related in any way usually sure. there, there is sometimes a through line of what's going on with the warners yeah or like a they'll, theme they'll jump back and forth to what they're doing throughout the whole show so they have like three or four scenes yeah that are all one continuous story arc but in between those scenes they jump to um their side characters sure. like the good feathers or pinky and the brain or uh buttons and mindy yes um so, uh, what was the other one? Rita, Rita and, and Rita and Runt. Runt. Yes. God, who, she was voiced by someone kind of. She sounded like Bernadette Peters, but it wasn't Bernadette Peters. Are you sure? I feel like it maybe was. Was it Bernadette? I Peters? feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it was because yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking right now. And the only the only reason I I, I say it probably was is because Spielberg you could probably what? make that happen. You're you're probably absolutely true. Um, and I'm I'm a uh, I'm looking right here. And Animaniacs was, it was part of that wave of uh, Spielberg shows at that point in the 90s. Um, Because it predated... Oh, there was also Skippy and Slappy. Oh, right. The the cranky old squirrel. Yep. And her dumbass kid. (laughs) No, he was her nephew. Right, right, right. Yeah, he he was her nephew. Um, (laughs) It was Bernadette Peter. You were absolutely right. It was Bernadette Peters. You know, I... Maybe somewhere in my brain, I was in as a kid, I was just like, "There's no way they get Bernadette <laughs> Peters to do this garbage." I've also I've got weirdly good like voice dar. No, I love um, it. I, th- I think my favorite of the side ones is maybe Chicken Boo. Oh, 
Chicken Boo is great. Chicken Boo is such a simple premise. But then but then they went and they did something weird and they created Mindy Kaboom for like two episodes. I don't remember and it was Mindy Kaboom. Mindy Ka- literally just two episodes where she would just she was like uh, an everyday like girl next door teenager, but something would piss her off and she would turn into this giant monster and it would explode at the end of every scene. And then, huh. oh, and then I she do would, remember that. She would go back to being fine. I think I do remember but they that. They used they used the same. Um, they kind of used the same premise of Chicken Boo, but they also used the same theme song. Uh, oh, good. But they just said Katie Kaboom instead of Chicken Boo. Okay, that that makes that that's that's kind of funny. Just like saying fuck it, we're just not going to bother writing a new theme song for this character. We're going to do twice. Yeah. Um, well, they, they did that with uh, Mel Brooks with uh, Jews in space turned into men in tights. You're right. It did. <laughs> the very end of History in the World, you've got the Jews in space theme song. And I had I never I didn't see History of the World until after I had seen Men in Tights. Oh, OK. So, of course, I knew the Men in Tights theme so sure. well. Yeah. As soon as I heard the Jews in space theme, I was like, wait a second. Hold on. Mel Hold Brooks, what are you up to? Yeah, exactly. Why you? Oh. Why yada? I had to knock you back to the borscht belt. You got me. <laughs> you got me, Brooks. Uh, so so what was it about the Animaniacs that really captured uh, junior high Libby's imagination? I think it was, I really think it was because that was a time in my life when I really was sort of the source of entertainment for my core group of friends. Sure. We would all kind of get together at lunch and I would basically act out <laughs> The sketches that I saw the day before on Animaniacs. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was so self-centered. <laughs> I, I, I've been there. So I, self-absorbed. I, for, <laughs> for show and tell once in kindergarten, I sang the genie's song from Aladdin 2 as my show and tell. Wait, so there's like, an Aladdin 2? There's three Aladdins. Get out of town. Yeah, there's, there's the OG one. Then there's Prince of Thieves. I think oh, is the second one. I, I somewhat do remember that. And then there's a third one. I don't remember what it's called, but it's about Aladdin's dad. And Robin Williams came back because he didn't do the second one. Right. I remember him not doing the genie in the second one. It was uh, it was Dan Castellaneta from The Simpsons. No way. Yeah, it's, it's Homer. And they still use him. Like I was playing Kingdom Hearts recently and like he still does the genie like most of the time. That's now. pretty great. Which like. And it's it's strange because like his genie and Robin Williams's are very different, but like you can tell it's the same character. Like he's not trying to do a one to one impression of Robin Williams, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you would you would do your you would do your thing with your friends. I would. I would basically just get there. Sorry, I was looking at trivia. The very first. <laughs> The very first thing on their trivia was um, Bernadette Peters. No, was something about Katie Kaboom. Oh, which I thought was very funny. Sorry, it distracted me. It says um, on their IMDb page in their trivia, Nicholas Hollander based Katie Kaboom on his teenage daughter. Makes sense. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Makes sense. Uh, So, yeah, it was really just kind of about me exploring. It was really me exploring where what voices I could do at that time because I, it was at a time where I really kind of wanted to do, you know, voices and impressions and be a stand up comic and do sketch comedy on Saturday night live. So it was my chance to 
you know, hold court every day and have a spotlight on me. I got high <laughs> guy. It was being a drama, cl- drama school kid was like, well, that was the other thing too. In, in elementary school, I did go to a performing arts school. So sure. after school I had a, I had an outlet. I could, um, I went to theater classes. Sure. And in high school we had drama, but in junior high, there was none. There was, hmm. there was no theater classes that you could take at my junior high. I did a lot of community theater outside sure. of school, but at school, the only time I really got to perform was was for my friends. <laughs> so I was just like, "Hey guys, look at me! It's the Libby Show." Now, now, did they appreciate their front row seats to the Libby Show, or was it like <laughs> they're just tolerating you because they they like you? I am pretty sure most of the time they were all laughing along with me. Okay, and I'm sure there were some days where they were laughing at me, or there were a lot of eye rolls. They were definitely laughing near me. Sure. It's about the best you can hope for sometimes. I know that much. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, so so like, what what a what what about the Animaniacs like really influenced your sense of humor? Do you think like? Uh, I just a lot of the stupid one-liners, but also God, one-liners and catchphrases. I don't know. Um, Because there's a ton of them. I think for me, it was because I got. I got a lot of the adult humor and I got a lot of the movie references and music references that they made that other kids my age probably didn't get. There's a scene where they're riding around the studio and there is a hippie type character standing on top of the little golf cart okay. singing, this is the end. But he's singing like, or he—he's actually singing. This is the—he goes. This is the beginning, the beginning of our story, the beginning. And like, then he like comes the back. Then he, okay. yeah, he comes back and he sings. This is the middle, and then he also <laughs> said, comes back and he sings. This is the end. And I knew that it was Jim Morrison singing. This sure. is the end. But kids my age, twelve and thirteen year old kids, didn't all listen to the Doors. Oh yeah, you know. And it just makes you feel really smart. Yeah, it made me feel really smart. It just in in Steven Spielberg put a lot of his humor into into the series and referenced a lot of his movies. Yeah. And I was such a huge movie buff and I watched so many movies growing up that I got those references right away. There's also oh, one of my favorites is um and this is obscure. I okay. mean obscure. Uh Pinky and the Brain. Brain is recording a commercial for uh for peas i think i i know that the original is peas yeah i know what you're talking about and it is beautiful there he's recording this commercial and the voiceover director is basically telling him to do it a different way and he starts to argue with him about how he does it it's based on a real recording session with orson wells recording a commercial for frozen peas for frozen peas getting in a fight with the voiceover director about how to say, you know, how to, how to, what word to punch yeah. in the sentence that he's talking about these peas. It is beautiful. They do it so, so well. And then, of course, he does the guy. This is a totally other random fact. The guy who does the voice of the brain because he does Orson Welles so well. So Maurice LaMarche. Maurice LaMarche. Thank you. God, see, you're, you're so good at this well, too. He's one of those guys, like, Animaniacs, the entire cast is kind of those people. Yes, absolutely. Like, like Rob, Paulson Rob Paulson and, and yeah. Maurice LaMarche. And uh, Tess McNeil, Tess who McNeil. is my voiceover goddess. Oh, like, she's, she's my idol when it comes to female voiceover artists. She's amazing. So, so what you're saying is you want to play a businesswoman on The Simpsons? 
yes, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, yeah, Tress is your Tress. If you're listening, you're amazing. Um, so, uh, Maurice does the voice. It's it's just ADR'd in my favorite Tim Burton movie. Okay, Ed Wood. Okay, um, Ed is in Bordner's. He's walking out and he catches. Uh, Orson Welles out of the corner of his eye played by a young Vincent D'Onofrio oh you're right and he says something to him about uh, about doing a movie and Vincent says um, oh god what is the actual line the actual line is um, I don't don't remember what he says but he says I'm doing some movie where Charlton Heston plays a Mexican (laughs) and it's voiced by Maurice LaMarche of course it is not Vincent D'Onofrio's voice that is beautiful What's the movie where he plays a Mexican? Oh, it's uh, it's um, oh that one with the really long opening shot. Yeah, like a, but and like the car explodes. Orson Welles and uh, no, it, they're in Mexico at the beginning. Yeah, and they, they, their car gets robbed or something. I right. don't remember. I, th- I want to say no, not Touch of Evil. Yes. Oh, is it, it is Touch of Evil. Okay, it is Touch of Evil. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Orson Welles gets like choked out, and his eyes start like popping out of his head. It's great. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. But anyway, going back to Animaniacs, it's just little moments like like them referencing a recording that Orson Welles did years ago that nobody my age oh, yeah. would have any recollection of or reference for anything. They'd be like, what? I don't get oh, yeah. it. It's just weird. And like a, a lot of the, the shows that sort of came in this wave mm-hmm. were pretty like there was a lot of pop culture focus to them. Yeah. Uh, Animaniacs was, was by far the most... Like because it took place in a Hollywood backlot, so yeah, it was exactly. Gonna be it takes the most... place on the Warner Brothers backlot. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw the water tower. Oh yeah, yeah, I was very excited. Did you try to climb up in it? No, I no, I've never been on the Warner Brothers. Well, actually, that's not true. I have been on the Warner Brothers backlot, but I, I never, I've never gotten close enough to it. I've never taken the tour or anything. Sure, but I remember when I was like a teenager. And I was like driving around Hollywood and we were in Burbank <laughs> and my mom and I saw it and we started singing the theme song. And we we took the uh, Warner Brothers tour a couple years ago and my mom was kind of disappointed that she didn't see a bunch of actors walking around in character. Oh, because of yeah. like Pee Wee? Yeah. Like when you think of Pee Wee's Big Adventure and you see him on the back lot and there's <laughs> all of those different actors walking around. And you're like, that's not actually how it is no. at all. No. But that was also the same day we drove by the Disney lot and she was like, why don't you just show up there with your resume and be like, hi, I'm here. I'm ready to work because they <laughs> oh, wouldn't let me moms. pass security. <laughs> oh, moms are adorable. <laughs> they are. They I love, are. I love that they think that that's how it works sometimes. Yeah. I so, I, I wish it was. I know. Like, I really me wish too. it was. Me too, buddy. My mom once told me, you know, while you're, while you're waiting for these writing jobs to pan out, have you ever thought of trying acting to make some money? Just the look on your face right now is every actor. Fr- <laughs> oh God, I broke Libby. Oh God, it took thirty minutes, but she's down. <laughs> she's literally wrapped in a blanket, I am howling at the floor. <laughs> um, I feel like Lieutenant Dan how <laughs> laughing at the storm and Forrest Gump. Is that the best you can do? Or that, or that dude in Caddyshack right before he gets struck <laughs> by lightning. Oh, oh Ted my God. So good. Oh, moms are adorable. Yep. You're so cute, you little mothers. <laughs> I shouldn't. I, God, I am a mom. I'm going to be one of those one day. <laughs> my daughter is going to be on a podcast Sunday talking about me making a terrible suggestion to her. 
I mean, while you're waiting for this photography thing to pan out, why don't you try modeling? I don't know. God, mom. Mom, stop. Uh. Mom, shut up. Shut up. I don't know why I cracked my voice. Her voice is fine. She's not a teenage boy. Because all all petulant teens crack their voices. (laughs) Even even like hypothetical ones. Yep, that's true. true. Um, Well, the the thing I always enjoyed about the, the pop culture jokes in kind of that area of shows was Mm -hmm. Animaniacs was the one that was the most like infatuated with the present. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's a tour of what was big in Hollywood in the mid nineties. But at the same time, they still did a lot of callbacks to old classic films and everything. I mean, the good feathers, the good fellas, you know, they even did a whole sharks and jets thing with them. Oh, you're right. They did. Yeah. The, the, the one I always enjoyed was the contemporary to Animaniacs, Freakazoid. Oh, yeah. Which... My friend was really into Freakazoid, and I just, I wasn't into it as much. Freak... It was fun. Freakazoid is Animaniacs' like Weird weirder cousin. Yeah, or cousin. That, like, yeah, sure. There's just as many pop culture references, but they stop at like 1955. Like, it's all just like a bunch of weird, like super obscure old Hollywood shit in a show for kids. Man. Like, it's awesome. I need to go back and watch it. It's 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 very good. Um, I really should. It has it has one of my favorite segments from any cartoon. Is they used to do, they did they did a couple episodes where they had like language lessons, like Frenching with Freakazoid, <laughs> or I've, I've, there was there was three of them. It was Frenching with Freakazoid, something else, and then conversational Norwegian with Freakazoid, <laughs> and it's Freakazoid on a like Viking ship uh, in front of a blackboard. That just says, like, hello, I am a Viking. Oh, look, a narwhal. Happy little narwhal. As this giant... And he's wearing, like, a like a helmet with, like, long blonde braids. <laughs> and this... And once he the sees Val- this... The Valkyrie. Exactly. Helmet, yeah. And oh once he God. sees this, uh, this narwhal, it pierces the whole of his ship and it just starts to sink. That's amazing. It's well, there so was, good. There, there was a couple of... In, be- in between the bigger sketches, there were the little tiny things that they did... On Animaniacs, like a mime time. I remember mime time. Yeah, narrated by Tom Bodette, the voice of Motel Six. You know, I saw Tom Bodette in the cast list, and I was like, "Who the fuck was Tom Bodette he in narrated Animaniacs?" Narrated mime time. Huh. He also narrated a good idea, bad idea. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Which was the skeleton, like a uh, playing football with your grandfather, oh, playing right. football with your, your grandfather. grandfather. Mm-hmm. God, that's a good joke. I know. well, they were they're so, such visual jokes. Oh yeah, so, oh so good. You know, one of one of the things that I feel like gets lost a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and I I will fully cop to this as an animation writer, is I I want to say it was Matt Groening, but it might have been John Chris Felusi who said something that like if you're if you're doing an an animated show that's just a play like it, like if it plays well in just audio mm-hmm. you're not taking advantage of the medium right and like animaniacs took full advantage of the fact that it was a cartoon absolutely like it was proudly a cartoon absolutely um in a way that like there aren't a lot of cartoons like that anymore that are just like you know what? We're we're just we are just here to be silly. And well, like they they did all that goofy shit that the original Bugs Bunny and the original Daffy Duck did. Yeah, and like you know Sylvester and and Tweety and lots of cross dressing. Lots of cross dressing, which is great. Fully condone. Yep. 
Yeah. And just, yeah, absolute, just absolute silliness all the way around. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about the dirtiest joke. All right. Perhaps in, perhaps in television history. Let's do it. Um, there is a, I, I couldn't tell you what episode it's Oh, I know what episode it is. Oh, really? Which one is it? So it's the hippos are taking a cruise. Oh, it's in a hippos episode. It's a hippos episode, but the Warners show up. Oh, because the hippos, I, I always thought they were kind of boring. You know, I did too. And then I watched them when I was a little bit older and I really enjoy them. I, I could see that. It feels like one of the ones that's like, for you got to be a little bit older. Yeah, I I, I enjoy them you my have older to, age. You have to have met some Euro trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're also, they just, they love how fat they are. That That is true. They're very body positive. They're very body positive and it's wonderful. <laughs> um, Flavio, do you think I'm fat? No, darling. There's just more of you to love. You know, <laughs> just silly stuff like that. I'm going to need you to do the rest of the show in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so they're on the cruise and I believe her jewelry gets stolen. Okay. Now, listen, I might be totally, I might be misremembering this, but this is how I remember it. Her jewelry gets stolen. Uh, the Warner brothers show up as the detectives. Sure. On the, on the ship and Yakko takes over, starts dictating who does what. He sends Wacko off to do something and he asks for Dot to look for Prince. Prince. Yep. Um, and she runs off. She comes back on a few minutes later. Like she, through a porthole window. Through a portal window. Yeah, I believe so. And she is holding in her arms the artist formerly known as Prince and now n- now nor- known as now known Prince as again. Deceased. <laughs> anyway, she's holding Prince in her arms looking and he's looking wonderful. He's wearing his little purple rain suit. And Yakko looks at her and he goes, no, no, fingerprints. And she looks at Prince and Prince looks at her and she looks back at Yakko or the camera and says, I don't think so. And Prince jumps out of her arms and runs off. It is, you know, Animaniacs was never particularly dirty. Like there were jokes for grownups, yeah. certainly. Yeah, for sure. But this joke is just straight up filthy. Horrible. I don't know how they got it past the producers that day. But they were like, you know what? It'll go over the kids' heads. Let them oh, yeah. have it. Oh, I'm sure that was one of those days where the the writers or the storyboard artists were like, fuck it. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. No one's going to notice. I do have to say, though, there is there is the horny character of Minerva Mink. Which one was she? She only had, I think, one or two sketches ever. But yeah. she was a very sexy mink. And I guess a wolf shows up in one of her episodes and she oh. goes gaga over him but it it uh it's pretty sexy so she's basically like female peppy le pew yeah but, okay but she's but she's not chasing over after anybody at the beginning it's not until she sees this gotcha this male mink or wolf i believe he's a wolf that she's she not a, a little crazy she's not she's like not, a creepy sexual predator she's not lascivious no okay no and until the very end but then she turns into like that crazy fox that you see where the eyes like pop out and the heart starts beating like right. that kind of thing. Sure, 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 sure. The oh, fuck, what's his name? Something Wolf. Yeah, that character has a name. Um, I feel like most people remember that character from The Mask. Yes. Um, cool, because it because The Mask does it. Yeah, I for sure. God, I love cartoons. I know. I do like, too. It's. I I wish they made and yeah. This is gonna sound like the most like old man thing. Like I wish they made more cartoons like this that are yeah. just like silly and fun and like. 
I know cartoons now are like too cerebral for me. I I have not I watched uh like Adventure Time. Sure. A couple of times and I just don't get it, you guys. I don't get it. Explain it to me. I I like I feel like I need to just be high the entire time. Um I it wouldn't hurt certainly. <laughs> uh at least for like the visuals of that show. Yeah. I I think I think the thing of Adventure Time, at least for me, is that it, it it takes the like every dumb trope of like a kid's fantasy show mm-hmm. and throws them all into one world. Got but, it. But then treats it very realistically. Like everyone talks just like normal people. Yeah. And like everything's a little bit messy and a little bit silly. And it can also like break your heart. But that took a few years to get to. I don't want cartoons to break my heart, though. I want to watch. Fair enough. I want to watch a cartoon because I just want to laugh at dumb shit and I don't know, eat a bowl of cereal. I I get that. You know, I I kind of like it when I like it when a piece of a piece of media makes me feel different things. I will say going back to like my love of the Simpsons. Sure. There are definitely Simpsons Simpsons episodes that are incredibly heartfelt. Oh, totally. And that you're just like, "Oh my gosh, yes." But it was it was sort of at a time when that it was one of the first cartoons that really did that. It was one of the first animated series that really did that. Oh, totally. And then we got, you know, King of the Hill and we got Family Guy. Granted, King of the Hill, Mike Judge, he had already done Beavis and Butthead and he was already doing Daria. On MTV. Was he involved with Daria? I feel like it, well, he, it spun I mean, he off. was one of the producers. Okay, I was um, never, I was never entirely sure how deep he went with Daria. I'm pretty sure that because Daria was his creation, he was associated with it. Maybe he was sure. maybe an associate producer, but okay. Um, so you did have cartoons at that time doing different things, and so yeah, I mean, we we've had that since what 1989 now with the with the Simpsons yes. basically. And then you, you know, you get Ren and Stimpy and Spongebob and Spongebob kind of goes back to it being a silly cartoon, which I, which I really enjoyed, but I don't, I don't need every, and then, and then South Park, I don't need every animated series now to, to have to tell me like a moral or have a, have an entire storyline behind it. I miss, I miss the sketch comedy animated series. The ones that like, I feel like Animaniacs for, for as timely to the 90s as it was Mm -hmm. the structure was very vaudevillian yeah it was very like here's like we are going to do a segment we are going to do something very presentational well it was it was going back to like the original warner brothers cartoon porky pig Mm -hmm. and and daffy and and bugs bunny you know where you have like a a couple of minutes of a sketch and then it cuts and goes to another couple of minutes of a different sketch with different characters um and i think that's why i liked it because i did i grew up with those old cartoons sure and that's what it reminded me of. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, and Tiny Toons had done the same thing too, but for some reason, and I and I did love Tiny Toons until Animaniacs came along. Sure. And for some reason, Animaniacs just st- struck another chord. I think that I think the humor was a little more mature. It was. And I think the references were a little more specific, and therefore I like I really liked it. Yeah. It, it, I felt like it spoke to me and my style of humor. Yeah. Well, especially if like if you're in if you're in middle school. I feel like watching a show about a bunch of elementary school kids might feel a little like, yeah, like, oh, I don't want to watch the show about like the like the babies. Yeah, exactly. You know? Though, if there was a whole show about Baby Plucky, that would have been. Oh, my God. Bomb. Baby Plucky was my fave. Baby Plucky. Was my fave. I think they only did him like twice, but I, I can't I, I can't see an elevator 
that's open glass without, without thinking elevator, elevator go down, go down the hole. hole. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my um, god, my turn to push the button. Now your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. God, I mean, Tiny Toons was still pretty good, but I, I think it was the fact that it wasn't tied to school or being a kid. Yeah. That like the the Warners have a very childlike energy, but they're not kids. And they're in therapy. They are. <laughs> Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Like, I, that poor man, that poor man. I know. He tries so hard. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, I love the idea that the studio has an on call psychiatrist, though. Don't all studios have on call psychiatrists? P psychiatrists? I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure it would be helpful. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these days? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to talk about how good the music is in that show too. Yes. Well, like the fact that it's mostly almost all educational. You're right. It kind of is. Well, you have the nations of the world. Yeah. You have the capitals of America. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a song granted it's on their second volume of their album, but I do own volumes one and two of Animaniacs. Oh, I didn't know there were two. There are two, my friend. Oh. Volume two has the president song and it has, my favorite, The World of Cheeses, sung by Pinky. I don't think I know that one. Oh, you need to look that up. I'm going to look that up and he put sings, it in the show. He sings about cheeses and where they come from, and each cheese, he does a cheese roll call, and each cheese presents themselves and how they taste in the accent of where they're from, and it's amazing. Wow. It's so good. That sounds awesome. It is so good. And we're going to hear it right now. Made for you and me, flavors like provolone and free each with its own ethnicity. So many cheeses are available all around the world for you to eat. Especially good with crackers and meat. I'm not sure they treat thousands of cheeses. The texture of some can be real gooey, others are quite firm and chewy. Some are better when you're doing bountiful cheeses. When you take a big whiff, a few will make you want to skew. Especially strong is the cheese of a goo. A this thing of it's incredible. Just how I am the British cheese Wensley Vale, lightly pressed and smooth textured with a subtle milky flavor which is clean and refreshing. Welcome, Wensley Vale! G'day, I am Australian Cheddar, an innocuous golden yellow rinders block inspired by Cheddar and Edam. <laughs> Welcome, Cheddar! German cheese Edelpilzkäse, a fine blue vein cheese with a pale ivory paste and very dark veins traveling vertically through me. Welcome, Edelpilzke! Edelpilz! Oh, welcome! <laughs> Thank you, cheeses! I want to eat you all! Oh. Whoa! That was great! Oh my that god, it's great. the best thing ever. That, um, the only Pinky in the Brain song I remember, aside from their theme song, right. which, like, the Animaniacs has a really good theme song, but I think the Pinky and the Brain theme song is inherently more catchy. It just gets in. It was dun da 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 The Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, yeah. The, something about that rolling bass line of yeah. is, is just, it's so cartoony. Mm-hmm. Like, it very much draws on, like, 
the way they would score old cartoons. Mm-hmm. But it, absolutely. But there's the the one song in there that I remember is it's brain talking about the different regions of the brain. Oh, and right. I I for I it might. I think that's on the second album also. I don't remember what the melody was because it was it was like Turkey in the Straw or something. No, it was and uh every time they said uh brainstem brainstem pinky would just fall into frame on like a bungee cord <laughs> and say brainstem and then bounce back up out brainstem, of frame brainstem brainstem oh god it was no. it was very good um what what was it about the music that that spoke to you i just i i really did love the way that they just incorporate they did incorporate old tunes with their lyrics it was um it was very weird al yankovicky to me you know you're right so you're Turkey in the Straw. They did the sure. um, the capitals of the United States, and um, there was another one too. Oh God, I can't I can't remember. There's what the one that now. was like the candy bar uh, ingredients. Oh, they were talking about ingredients. Oh, it's actually on the first album. Yes, um, they're going around the grocery store right, talking yes. about all of the ingredients, but specifically like an ice cream, and then just what's in what's in other things. Because it's ba 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 da ba 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 ba. I used to, here's the crazy thing. I used to know almost all of the words to all of these songs, except for the nations of the world. I can only get to like a certain point and then I'm done. Oh yeah. United States, Canada, Mexico, Mexico Panama, Panama, Haiti, Haiti Jamaica, Jamaica, Peru. Peru. After that, I am just out. Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador too. Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Honduras, Guyana, and still Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Haiti, Jamaica, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, and then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's as far as I get. He, um, Rob Paulson did it at the at the live show. I didn't get to see it. But... Oh, I was going to ask if, if you had heard about that or if you had I gone. I knew about the live show, and I actually had so so many friends invite me to go with them and oh, I, ju- yeah. I just wasn't able to go. There was something uh, with scheduling and uh, you guys, thank you all so much for inviting me and knowing that it's my favorite thing ever. And I just, I wasn't able to make it. That's the worst when there's a show that's like, Oh, they they're putting this show on and for me. I, and I, want, can't go. I wanted to see it so badly. I, I feel like they'll probably do it again. Especially so. with the, uh, the new Hulu series yeah. coming out. I know a season, a, a new season. I think it was literally that two new seasons, actually. Two new seasons, you guys. I think it was the day after we booked this yeah. that I saw the press release. They actually, uh, Maurice LaMarche recorded and posted on Twitter, him doing Orson Welles <gasps> doing like an, a bad ad read for something, but That's it was about the new series. Amazing! It was I need really to go good. Follow him right now. He's a uh, he's awesome. I, I've I've never met him, but I've like seen him on a couple shows, and he's hilarious. We need to tweet this to all of the Animaniacs oh, people. One hundred percent. Yeah. And from what I know, he's a podcast fan too. Yes. So like, hey Maurice, you hey, listen, hey, if you're listening, you should come come to our show. Yeah. Oh my god, right? That would. Be- what are you into, Maurice Lamarche? <laughs> what are you into? My thousand voices. <laughs> well, actually, apparently he's really into James Bond because that was the show I saw him do. Oh, well, then my boyfriend would have to listen to that one. He's Ooh. a huge James Bond we fan. Should you get should him get on. him on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walt, are you listening? Yep. Walt, you can't hear me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a boy, Mr. Walter. It's a boy. <laughs> what? It's an- another another song from Tommy. Oh, got it. Uh, <laughs> Um, I don't know why the, the It's a Boy Mrs. Walker was the only pull from Tommy I could come up with 
There's two albums worth of tracks I could have pulled from Tommy are. that are and way that's more one recognizable. That I, know. I was like, what is that even? It's 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 in like the prologue. Like it's oh. in that first song where like the dad goes to war, mom gets mom gets pregnant, dad goes to war, dad dies, mom has a kid. Then like then we've got the setup, and now he's a pinball wizard. Here here's another here's a tie in to Tommy the Who. Um, there is the best slappy and skippy squirrel sketch. Okay. Is them at Woodstock. I think I remember that. And one. they're doing, basically they're doing the Abbott and Costello who's on first bit. Right. But they're talking about bands that are playing at Woodstock and it's, what's the name of the band on stage? Who? The name of the band on stage? Who? What's the name of the band on stage? Who? No, who is playing? And it's, it's, Basically back and forth. And then and then it's... Uh, it's the who, guess who. It's who, yes. Oh, yes. The band. Right. And I think also... Yeah, I think also guess who, too. That... God, that's that's good. They're not even playing today. Yeah. It's, that's... It's craziness. God, that's good. But again, that's two... That's two big references... Oh, yeah. That kids 12 and 13 at that time wouldn't probably know what the Al- Abbott and Costello who's on first sketches. Right. Or who the or band were. who the band or yes, or the who all were playing at Woodstock. Oh yeah. I feel like, I feel like for a lot of, for a lot of kids and, and I would certainly include myself within mm-hmm. this group of people. Um, a lot of our cultural reference points came from shows like this. Yeah. Or from the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, I think more so Simpsons for me, but like, there were so there have been so many things that throughout my life I've gone like, oh, that's the thing from Animaniacs or oh, that's the thing from that Simpsons episode. And you're like, no, oh, I see now. But that's not the thing from that. That's they got that from <laughs> exactly. the real thing that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Those, God, the, all those shows were, were so smart and so God, it just it was so good. It was yeah, so good. it really it really, really was. And I mean, there. And just ridiculous stuff. They even sing a German song, and it's a real German song called Schnitzelbank. That's it's the, <laughs> I don't remember that. I guess. Oh my god, really? Oh, <laughs> anyway, they call it the German. The it's the German friendship song, okay. and they go to Germany and they sing this stupid song called Schnitzelbank, and they keep adding things. It's just, it's basically like a you know they add things to the song every time they sing a verse and then they get, they add another thing to the next verse and then you sing all of it together until you get to the very end of the song. It's it's craziness, but it's so good. Again, (laughs) you need to get the albums and listen to these songs. I had that first record. There's even the one it's on the first record. I I mean, I had it when I was in the second grade in (gasps) Texas. There's another joke. From that album. Oh, yeah. They're singing about the planets. And at the very end, he goes, hey, you forgot Uranus. And Yakko goes, good night, everybody. <laughs> and gets That's played awesome. off. That's awesome. One of, my, one of my favorite jokes from Futurama is uh, the professor has made this really amazing telescope where you can. <laughs> s- well, it's the smelloscope where you can smell other planets. And Fry, Fry says something about like, oh, I can't wait to smell Uranus and then starts to laugh. And professor's like, oh, actually, they uh, they changed the name of that planet a hundred, couple hundred years ago to stop like immature people like you. Now it's or to stop that joke. Now it's called your rectum, <laughs> which is just like <laughs> such a good joke. Uh, oh, so Matt Groening, if you had to choose, oh gosh, a favorite Warner. Oh, wacko all the way. Wacko, okay. Dot Dot was who I was. Sure. And my mother 
my mother will always say that the song I'm Cute was written about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you are wearing a big flower on your head right now. <laughs> Am I? Where is it? Oh, um, this? Oh, this? This giant flower? Um, yeah. I have a song about it. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, Dot was me, but my favorite Warner is by far Wacko. Sure. What 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 about what about Wacko? I just I loved his adorable little Liverpudlian accent, and I just loved how crazy he was. His bag sure. of tricks that he could pull things out of all the time. Oh yeah, because he he was the most obviously wacky of well, the, of the three of them. Well, that's why he was called Wacko Warner. Yeah, that makes sense. And he made a googly. He made a what? A googly. That's the silly. That's what he called the silly face he made all the time. Uh oh, you're right. He called I do. it a googly. I do remember that. I'm gonna make a googly. <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty good Ringo, <laughs> which is all he was. Which is basically what he was. Um, that, that was another one where, like, okay. I realized years later, oh, he's he's just, he's Ringo. Oh, he's just Ringo. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. And Ringo is also my favorite Beatles, so maybe that's where that comes from. I, You guys, I just put it together. I applaud you for putting that on public record. Hey, um, you know, we can't all be Paul lovers and no, John fair. Lennon lovers. And a, George a... is an amazing writer. But oh, yeah. when it comes to personality. Oh, totally. Ringo all the way. That's fair. There, there, there are several very convincing cases to be made for why Ringo is the best Beatle. <laughs> and I have made them to women at Listen, parties that didn't want to hear it. I don't, I don't, I don't delude myself and say he's the best Beatle. I sure. just say he's my favorite Beatle. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, I once told a friend from college that George was my favorite, and her response was, of course he is. <laughs> How pretentious of you. I, you know, I... I, I think, do love George. I think oh, yeah. George is fantastic, he's, and he's sorely underrated. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if they let him have two songs per record, that would have been great. Oh, my God. His solo stuff, though, that he that he did in the late 70s and early 80s was oh, phenomenal. Yeah. The, like, I think he had the strongest post-Beatles oh, yeah. career. No, Paul McCartney had the strongest post-Beatles well, career. Well, Paul, Paul McCartney had the most... Uh, he had wings. He, he had, had the a most, solo career after that. He had the most output. There's a lot of garbage in the Paul. I'm not saying Paul that there solo catalog, but, but, but as far as number one success, he he was by far the most successful. Oh, totally. I, I Ringo was great. Ringo oh, did yeah. some stuff too, but no. Photograph is the best thing Ringo's ever done. <laughs> Actually, photograph is the I think the only thing Beth's mother and I have ever agreed on. It was when we were driving uh, her a few years ago from Florida back up to Connecticut, mm-hmm. and it was like middle of the night. We had 70s on 7 on Sirius on, and that first, like, dug a of that song came on it, and we both went, ooh. <laughs> and it was the, I think it was the only piece of pop culture we've ever fully agreed on. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I, Yakko was definitely my favorite. Yakko's um, great, and Rob Paulson is a, a genius. Oh, yeah. A, absolutely a genius. And, like, I, I, I'm not totally sure how Dot fits in, because a lot of... The sort sort of like old comedy like vaudevillian stuff was mostly groups of dudes, mm-hmm. but like Yakko and Wacko very very firmly fit into those old archetypes of like Yakko is the sort of loquacious schemer, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Groucho, yeah, or like the straight man, and exactly. then Wacko is the silly Harpo, exactly. Or he, he's like Harpo and Chico kind of met in the middle, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Dot certainly isn't Margaret Dumont. So like, but she does, she does bring in, you know, she does bring in that feminine voice. Yeah. 
And she is there to be very cute. And she was there to appeal to girls that might be watching. Yeah. But also, Dot tends to be kind of the... Uh, not she was a bit of a shit kicker, right? Not necessarily the voice of reason, but yeah, the ball buster. Yeah. That's the thing. When the boys start going off the rails, she's the one who's just like, you guys are dumb. Stop, yeah. stop being idiots, which I love. But she does it in that adorable Tress McNeil little baby voice. Yeah. The, um, she's She very much kind of fits into the like Miss Piggy archetype. Well, not not so much in kind the in of, the like, but she also without the self self-involved stuff but like she's no a- well she's also self i mean she does have an entire song called i'm cute that's true but she does she gets into the dirt just as much as the boys do oh, so like when, more so, when yeah. they're giving you know dr scratch and sniff shit she's just as wacky as as they are oh totally she likes to she likes to jump into men's arms just as much as the men love to jump into hello nurse's arms yeah you know there you know the, the, her her femininity was was pretty Pretty strong for a, a show yeah, like that. Absolutely. Because like she wasn't played as like the chaste. No. You know. Oh, no, not at all. She definitely was just like, no, I like I like boys just as much as you like girls. And yeah. So like so, somebody on uh, Twitter recently uh, had posted a Excel spreadsheet of which Muppets they thought had fucked. <laughs> and so so uh so I need to know now. Have uh, Scooter and Skeeter ever been um um Skeeter was not on the list because she's not an original one. She's a Muppet baby. That's why. Yeah. Mm. And, and like I love me some Skeeter, but like yeah, she didn't she didn't make the list. But pretty much everyone's fucked everybody. How many people is Beeper bopped? Oh, uh, most of them. I don't know if he's. I mean, I'm sure he has to have at least experimented with Doctor Bunsen. Yeah, it's probably true. Um, yeah, there's apparently someone starting a chainsaw. Chainsaw right next door, right out of outside here. That's that's fun. Very rude of them. <laughs> On, honestly, with these microphones, we're recording it... in here. Oi, punks! Um, yeah. So, is there is there anything um, regarding uh, animania that we haven't covered? Oh, about about what they are, or just in uh, just in general in in the in the. Grander topics of Animaniacs. Is there anything we haven't we haven't gotten to that you'd like to discuss? Uh, we didn't really we didn't really talk about Mindy and Buttons that much, but they kind of Mindy and Buttons were never my favorite Same. sketch. You know what I did like? I did like the episode where they switched all the characters around and in, in their little in their couplings. I I don't think I remember that one. There's one where like the Good Feathers are actually with Rita, or like oh, a couple of the Good Feathers yeah. are with Rita. Mindy is with um, who did they pair Mindy with? I don't remember. I know Chicken Chicken uh, Boo shows up with somebody too. Oh, I fun. yeah, I remember because it was a whole episode, right? Where like yeah, it was... an entire episode. Huh. I don't know. Like Slappy is with somebody. Is oh maybe Slappy's with, with some of the Good Feathers too. I think that's what it is. I yeah, I think it's I think it's Aunt Slappy. Um, I just, I remember her like oh, whacking yeah, the Goodfellas with her with well, her purse. That's that's in the opening credits. That's in the opening theme song. Oh, you're right. That might be what it is. Um. But yeah, I can't. I don't remember who gets mixed up with who, but there there were some good like, some good uh, good wackiness happening with and that episode. That's a really clever thing to do, especially Switch in a show for kids, mm-hmm. like a show that that wasn't afraid of the meta. You know what? I think yeah. it was Rita was with Pinky and the Brain because she's a cat. I think she. Yeah, I and think she mice. was. I, I think I, that's what it was. And I, I think yeah, she I just couldn't. Look it up. I remember that she like maybe couldn't stand them. 
Like she oh, thought yeah, they were absolutely. both just complete idiots. Um, did you ever watch much of the spinoff about Pinky I and the Brain? I didn't. I didn't like it nearly as much. I mean, I, I watched a few episodes and I thought it was cute, but sure. All of all of Pinky's responses to North. Well, no, his Point. um. <laughs> my favorite one is always, "I think so, Brain, but me and Pippi Longstocking, what would the children look like?" <laughs> I think so, Bray, but we're going to find rubber pets in all size. <laughs> they're just so, they're so great and so stupid. Oh, yeah. It's the furthest thing from what brain could possibly be thinking. So <laughs> I just, I love it. And, and that's, that's another like archetype that I will always find hilarious. The incredibly smart guy and the just fucking moron. Yeah. Who actually winds up being the smarter one in the end? It's always kind of it's like that. It's like the fatty and skinny trope. But, oh, totally. But usually it's done with well, except in the in the case of uh, the honeymooners. Sure. But it's usually all the fat one is the dumb one, and the skinny one is the smart one. And yeah. with Pinky and the Brain, granted, Brain's not really fat, but he's short and squatty. Has the big big head. Yeah. You know, he's the smart one, and you got the skinny doofus. <laughs> I love skinny doofus. That's such a that basically could just be listed as the type of guy Libby dated in high school. <laughs> skinny doofus. That could basically be the host of this show. <laughs> no, it's he, he's he's a slightly pudgy doofus. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Libby, thank you so much for coming on. This thank was you for having me. A blast. It was delightful. Um, I would go so far as to say it was animani and totally insaney. <laughs> Here's the show's name. I was just about to say it. You took it away from me. You know the. I think Here's the, Lon Chaney. God, that's such a that's such a deep pull. That was another one too. Every time they did the theme song, there was always something different. You never knew. You never knew what they were gonna say that well, day. It was well for the first. A little it. while it was consistently while Bill Clinton plays the sax. But then Oh yeah, for that one. But then when uh that was the first time I ever remember something happening in the news mm-hmm. and thinking like, well, how will this how will this affect this show? Mm-hmm. Cuz I remember thinking like, oh, well even like fourth grade me or what yeah. when whenever year that was was like, well, if the if the president's like having a like a blowjob trial they, they can't use that <laughs> did on they change it to baloney in our slacks um i think they ch- i think they changed it so it started to change like there was baloney in our slacks there was we played pay tons of income tax no that's right yeah um but the end of the show when they did the um totally insaney here's the show's namey here's lon chaney oh, they always right. changed that too i forgot about that yeah that's you know that's one of my favorite things in uh in a, a cartoon because cartoons tend to do it more than other shows is the we're gonna change one thing yeah in the in the titles yeah we're gonna like like the simpsons couch gag mm-hmm. or like yeah pulled you in every day you were like what are they gonna say today oh yeah or like when when gonzo would appear in the muppet show logo and his his trumpet would always make a weird sound i love um, gonzo gonzo is Gonzo's my favorite gonzo i think is my spirit animal oh yeah like you're you're a weirdo at heart mm-hmm. yeah and and just out in the open <laughs> Um, so, so if our listeners wanted to, uh, find more Libby Letlow related content oh, on gosh. online or in the greater Los Angeles area, uh, how could they find you? Uh, on Facebook, I do have a public page, Libby Letlow, actor, producer, puppeteer. Cool. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ribby Retro. Love it. R-I-B-B-Y-R-E-T-R-O-W. I, I, I don't understand why you let Scooby-Doo 
type your username. <laughs> I mean, there it was it was a. <laughs> I was smoking a lot of pot that day, and That's I was fair. hanging out with the Scooby team. The, those those kids and they're know like, how to "Hey, party. Libby, let's create an Instagram account." I was just like, "Just let Scooby handle it." Hey, Libby, now that we've made an instant account, let's go to this abandoned theme park. I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> and on Twitter, you can find me at Libby Gets Low. Now it looks like Libby gets slow. It does. I should have put, I should have put uh, underscores. In it, I didn't. I no. guess I could go back and change it now. No, it's too late now. How dare you? You could, but it would it would be a, it would tarnish your brand. Lame. I hate that. <laughs> I hate everything now. Da <laughs> table flip. That was a heavy table with a lot of equipment. It, it and and yet it made no sound. Weird. Yeah. Well, we, we've soundproofed this room so much, <laughs> including it was, it, the floor and microphone. Yep. Yeah, with the exception, of, like the the walls are a very specific type of soundproofing where no sound but chainsaws will get through. <laughs> it's like a weird. It's it's a useless science, but we have perfected it. So good. I love it. I love it. I think I think this should be done in every home. Perfect. Um, I can be found uh, across the internet at Hell Yes Brandon on all of the things. Um, my pack team, Gunslinger, has a show uh, this coming Wednesday, The I believe that's the 17th, at the Pack Theater at 1030. It's uh, Pay What You Can, like all shows at the Pack are. It's going to be real good. There's a There's a runner in this show. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever been involved with. And I could not be more excited about it. Um, and like, I have a sketch in the show, but that's not the one I'm most excited about. It's a super stupid runner that uh, if you if you come out and see, you'll you'll get to see it. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of all I have going on right now. <laughs> the next pinup scroll show was uh, unfortunately canceled. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, a nerdist decided to change their policy in a not great way uh, for apparently the um, t- if you to have a run at nerdist. Yeah, at least for a sketch show, one half of your group has to have gone through the nerdist program. Really? Uh, which apparently is new as of the last like month because we didn't know about that. So I, be- I guess you better get on it. I don't, I don't want to take I want to take one hundred and one again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take improv one again. Yes, and. Yes, and I also would like to go on a safari with you. Hi, Sally. Hi, Robert. Good job. <clears throat> and don't ask questions. There, you've all been introduced to improvisational comedy. Yes, and don't ask questions. No transaction scenes. Yep. Introduce the other person. One of my one of my favorite things in the world is to do purposely bad improv. I, I mean, just do improv with me then, and it will be <laughs> unpurposefully purposefully bad. <laughs> I'm not good at improv I, at I'll, all. I'll keep I'll keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> I will I will keep that in mind. Um. So yeah, thank you again for for joining us. You're welcome. And uh, so I guess all that being said, podcast over. <laughs> <laughs>